Welcome to the Eat Like an Italian podcast, where we will discuss the rationale, benefits, and practical application of the Mediterranean diet. We will explain how to maintain healthy eating habits without actually dieting, while at the same time enjoying some of the best cuisine on the planet. The centuries-old food traditions found in Italy still provide the most accurate template for a long and active life in the 21st century. We'll dive into the what of these practices, but we'll also unpack the why, so that we can better understand the direct links between lifestyle choices and overall well-being. Join us in the kitchen and at the table for a generous helping of delicious food. Here's to your health. Ciao. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I want to talk about something today that is a little bit uh, controversial, not not too controversial, but there is a debate over this question of whether wine is good for you and if wine should be included in your diet. If you're on the Mediterranean diet, we know that these countries that um, that where the diet comes from, they often drink wine every day. Uh, and then, of course, there's the other people who say that no, wine is bad for you, or at least you know alcohol in general is bad for you. So let's see if we can dissect this a little bit and come to some conclusions, or, or at least uh, maybe enhance the debate a little bit. I would welcome some feedback from anybody who has a strong opinion about this. But yeah, again, to reiterate, so you know, we know that you know the, when you study things like the blue zones or the Mediterranean diet they recommend to have a glass or two of wine a day and then they get more specific and they say well it should be red wine uh it should be a you know a local sometimes they get really specific there's the Candanao uh from sardinia which is mentioned in the blue zones that um, this is a part of the world this area in in sardinia the mountainous area of sardinia where people live to be over 100 with you know much much greater frequency than the general population of the rest of the world especially compared to the u.s um, and so, you know, we, we try to, you know, dissect this a little bit and say, is there a magic ingredient here? Is there a fountain of youth? Is there something in this particular wine or red wine in general that, that leads to, to this, um, you know, to this overall longevity and not only longevity, but well-being, you know, into well into their 80s, 90s and, and over 100 sometimes. So this is an interesting topic and, um, you know, certainly there's no shortage of research on it. Um, there was a, a study back in the, around 2000 in the Copenhagen prospective population studies where it demonstrated that wine intake may have a beneficial effect on all-cause mortality uh, that is additive to the alcohol. So in other words, uh, wine contains these polyphenic substances. Resveratrol is the most well-known one that they talk about in the press a lot. And uh, these seem to have a, a positive effect on longevity. Uh, well, you know, then other people say, well, yeah, alcohol itself does help because it aids in digestion. So even a little bit of, I don't know, uh, any kind of clear alcohol or, or I don't know if you could argue for beer because beer has so many dense calories in it. But, um, you know, again, you know, the, the, the moderate wine drinking is part of the Mediterranean diet. But, you know, we have to remember that this is again part so it's it's combined with very healthy food a very healthy lifestyle overall so there's a lot more daily movement a lot of walking instead of sitting or driving um, there's a lot more social interaction which you know also has a health benefit um, and just a more relaxed pace to life in general not so much um, stress now again let, let's reiterate that we're talking about the mediterranean diet we're sort of referencing something that almost doesn't exist anymore. I mean, it, it does um, in some very isolated areas. 
amongst older populations, middle-aged to older populations. So, you know, in this age of globalization, um, the younger generations are are kind of moving away from that. I mean, not like a big jump all at once, but it's been a gradual thing over the last generation or two where, you know, the younger people embrace the global industrial diet, you know, inspired by you know, the U.S., um, lifestyle where, you know, you, you have drive through food, you eat lunch at your desk and, you know, everything is quick and convenient, sometimes pre-made, pre-wrapped, pre-frozen, you know, and, and all these things that you heat up in a microwave that, you know, supposedly, you know, allows us to get back to work quicker. So, um, yeah, in that, in, in that context, you know, the wine has sort of lost its favor, uh, not only because of, you know, the fact that in the U.S. you just don't it just isn't expected that you would drink wine during lunch because then you have to go back to work. Um, well, you know, one glass of wine, of course, you know, in Europe, that's, that's considered normal at, at lunchtime, but in the U S that would be frowned upon. Um, I think, you know, maybe we could trace it back to the Puritan roots of the country and, and just not wanting people to, to do that in general, but, but also, you know, there's a sense that it would reduce, productivity if you came back from lunch a little too relaxed, I guess. Um, but there, there, I mean, there have been, you know, many studies uh, over the years, they, they, they studied this, the, the chemicals specifically, they taken resveratrol and fed it to laboratory animals and showed just a remarkable increase in their longevity. Now, you know, then the people, the critics will say, well, look at how much they're giving them. I mean, they're giving them all this resveratrol in its pure form. It would be equivalent of drinking like, you know, eight bottles of wine a day or something like that, which of course, then, you know, the, all the benefit from the resveratrol is negated by the excess of, of ethanol in the, in, in the bloodstream. So, um, you know, again, I, I think the, the mistake here and the thing we have to be careful about is trying to separate one ingredient or gosh, even one molecule here in the case of resveratrol out of, the, you know, the, the landscape of the, the entire diet. So, um, you know, these things often play together. You know, I remember when I, when I was in grad school taking a course in human nutrition by the biochemistry department, um, they talked about this debate. There, there was a scientist back in the 80s and 90s, Linus Pauling, he's very famous. They still have, still very famous, of course. Um, and he, he was into vitamin C, uh, taking these massive supplements of vitamin C. Uh, and they would say, well, you take the vitamin C extracted from rose hips or something like that, and supposedly it was better. Now, the my professor would argue, well, you know, vitamin C is a is um, ascorbic acid, which is a, has a very specific chemical compound, and it's exactly the same whether it's taken out of oranges or rose hips or manufactured in a laboratory. I mean, it's 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 the same chemical compound. But I would argue that you know, while yes, in in the case of the supplements, that may be true. Because once you extract them and pound them into a pill, you know, and everything, and then it loses, you know, that the, the environment that it's found in. So I think the red wine and the resveratrol and the red wine, um, you know, you, you can't really take it out of its environment and expect it to do the same thing. So when combined with all the other wonderful things about the Mediterranean diet and the Mediterranean lifestyle, um, you know, that red wine is just one more ingredient that is, you know, part of the of the whole overall lifestyle. So, you know, the saying goes, the, the, the total is greater than the sum of the parts. And that's, that's certainly true when it comes to the Mediterranean diet. So you can't just take out these individual components and try to add them to your diet. So if you have a really crappy American diet, 
and you just say, well, it's okay because I drink two glasses of red wine today. Yeah, that just, that doesn't really hold up, you know, because that's just not what it's all about. And again, uh, it's hard to study this in humans the way they've studied in laboratory animals where they can isolate uh, the control group from the experimental group and do a, a, period, a study over the course of the lifetime of these animals, which of course is only like, I don't know what, is it a year or two or however long mice live, uh, as opposed to human beings, you can't you know, isolate human beings for 70, 80 years and have a control group and experimental group and see which one does better. So the the way they sort of reverse engineer that is these population studies. So uh, these aren't, you know, as precise, but I think that the larger your sample gets, the more accurate they become. And that's what they've done, like, for example, with the blue zones where they found these five uh, geographical isolated areas around the world. And they're generally all isolated. In the case of Sardinia, it's, a, it's in these mountains, which are impossible to get to. At least they have been, you know, traditionally, maybe now they have airports and roads and buses and trains and stuff but traditionally you couldn't get to them so their diet was isolated and they only ate the things that were there locally and they had to produce them themselves and, and you know that was the other thing i mean you know it's all locally produced locally sourced and so um in a lot of cases people do this in their own gardens their backyard they get part of at least part of their food uh from their own gardens and you know the sort of the ec exercise and care taken in, in gardening your own food also contributes to the health of it. Um, so, so again, yeah, these, these areas are all, all pretty isolated. So they were easy for these people from the Blue Zones to study. The Blue Zones, I think, was originally a project for National Geographic and um, Dan Butner is the author who wrote the books. And now he's the one who's, who's out uh, promoting these these areas and these diets and, you know, found some new ones since the original publication of the original study. Um, but they all tend to be isolated. So, the, you know, in Sardinia, they're, um, they're isolated by mountains. There's a place, there's an island in Greece called uh, Icaria, which is, again, an island, so very isolated. Um, a peninsula in Costa Rica. And then there's this place in California, Loma Linda, where it's Seventh-day Adventist, and they're, and they're more isolated socially because they, they choose to be and, and so uh, this type of isolation not only leads to these, you know, very specific diets, but it allows scientists to study them um, as, as an experimental group and maybe, you know, then the rest of the world is the control group. So it's not perfect as far as science goes, um, scientific method, but I think it's the best we have for humans since you can't really subject people to, you know, these long-term um, laboratory conditions and that's just not possible uh, so the point of it is you know every year the mediterranean diet emerges as the number one diet in the world health-wise and they come up with these things by you know surveying you know medical public publications and, and and nutritionists and doctors and scientists who are devoted to studying these these um these these topics and so we can feel pretty good about the accuracy of this i mean again it's hard to 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 narrow it down to a very small um, set of criteria, but when you look at the overall, you know, lifestyle, it's it certainly emerges as the as the best one, and uh, and you know, and wine wine is part of that. Um, another question that comes up is it you know is it only red wine? Well, it, it is sort of because you know there are these polyphenols, and again, the resveratrol is the one that's been gotten the most press. Um, both red wine and white wine have this have these substances, but 
uh, it's a lot, lot higher in red wine because the way wine is made, you know, red wine, uh, white wine is just, you know, they squeeze the juice and, um, and then they, they ferment it, bottle it and, and all that. Uh, but with, with red wine, they, they mix it with the grape skins and allow the skins to, to ferment with the juice. And the skins is where you find, um, these chemicals. So that's why red wine is so much better. Um, again, I mean, alcohol itself, you know, moderate amounts of alcohol have a small beneficial effect on its own, but then the red wine, uh, you know, is better still because of these, these chemicals in there. So if you're, if you're drinking the red wine with the Mediterranean diet, and you're doing so in moderation, so one to two glasses a day, and they say it could also be dependent on gender. So, you know, I guess, you know, men have a higher tolerance for alcohol as far as the, the you know, the bad effects of it. Uh, so two glasses of red wine a day for men, one for women. Um, you know, I, I again, I, I think this is pretty consistent what I've observed in Italy and in Spain and Greece and other countries um, that, you know, they they do kind of stick to this. They, they enjoy wine, but it's always in moderation. There's none of this sort of, you know, avoiding alcohol all week and then binge drinking on the weekends, which, you know, you see a lot in the U.S., U.K., Australia. But uh, it's more like, okay, one glass with lunch, one glass with dinner, and that's it. You know, on a special occasion, a, a holiday, a birthday party, maybe you'll have one extra glass or maybe you'll have an after dinner drink in addition to the wine but you know these are exceptions and it's not like an everyday thing so um you know they say if, if you already enjoy a couple of glasses of wine a day continue to do so uh, but then they also caution and i never really understood this i mean if you don't drink wine you know don't feel obligated to add it i mean i do understand it in the sense that you don't have to drink wine if you don't like it obviously but um you know, it does add something beneficial to the overall diet. There are a lot of crusaders uh, on the internet now too who are speaking out against this this idea, saying that this has never been proven, um, and this is uh, you know not good advice because it leads to alcoholism. But you know, we see that in Mediterranean countries, in Italy at least, you know, again everything's changing in the last well, I guess you can say since the internet age in the last twenty. 25 years or so, but um, there was never a problem with alcoholism in Italy or in other Mediterranean countries. I mean, that's not to say it never happened, but it, it happened at much, 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 much lower rates than, than say, U.S. or U.K. Or, or Australia, where this drinking culture is all about, you know, going out after work every day to the pub and, and you know, and drinking a lot and then, you know, every day doing that that's obviously bad uh so you don't want to get into that so i i think I, I would be i would be very cautious of both extremes who people who say yes drink more red wine to improve your health of course that's that's not correct um but also the people who say to avoid it completely i think they're being unreasonable as well because well and you can also say that a wine adds other things to your life you say it can make you happy in the sense that it is there is a sense of euphoria um, and there is also this sort of, you know, it just adds to social environment. And so the social part is really a big part of the Mediterranean diet of the blue zones. And so, you know, we don't need to, um, dismiss that because, you know, wine can lubricate a conversation, you know, make people open up a little more. I mean, and that's why too much isn't good because people open up too much and then start to get, uh, into arguments. But, um, be that as it may, um, I wanted to um, cite some information here from the internet. Um, from this is the Mayo Clinic website. It says how does alcohol or how does red wine 
help your heart. It seems to raise the HDL cholesterol, which is the good cholesterol. It also reduces the formation uh, of blood of blood clots, so this can lead to you know to strokes um, and myocardial infarctions, heart heart attacks. Uh, prevent artery damage. Uh, caused by high levels of LDL cholesterol, and it improves the function of the layer of cells that line the blood vessels. So, I mean, this is just some ways that it helps the heart. Um, you know, it's, it's also been shown to, uh, to improve brain function. Um, again, this is all in the recommended amount, so the one to two glasses of red wine a day. There are other things too. It's because it, it, you know, this is considered an antioxidant effect. They have um, so we're using some some terms like antioxidants, uh, polyphenols, resveratrol. So antioxidants is kind of the bigger picture, general term to say anything that reduces uh, free radicals in the body. And free radicals uh, are, are linked to many different types of degenerative diseases, particularly cancer. So there may be some protective uh, effects against cancer here too. Again, I mean, this is all research that's been done in population studies studying people uh, who already behave this way. So uh, just so hard to control for this and, and to eliminate other variables, such as other parts of the diet, such as other part of the lifestyle. But, um, you know, when they're able to sort of tease all that out of the data, they still see that the, that the red wine seems to have a protective effect against heart disease and uh, also may improve your protection against other types of degenerative diseases such as um, Alzheimer's disease and uh, and cancer. You know, these are not my researcher words. This is what I'm uh, finding uh, on the on the websites of, of places like the Mayo Clinic, the National Institutes of Health. I'm going to put a link in the in the show notes and, and on the website that that show that has several articles from the National. Um, let's see. This is the National Library of Medicine. So um, this is the National Center of Biotechnology Biotechnolo Information uh, for the United States, and it's a government website, and it's just sort of a repository of all the research that's been done on various topics, and, and I'm going to include a link to the, to the sort of the Mediterranean diet, the Mediterranean way of drinking, and longevity uh, is the name of this one um, article that I'm looking at right now. Uh, not uh, surprisingly, <laughs> all the authors is like ten authors to the, that contributed to this study, and they're all they all have Italian last names. So I don't know if that's a coincidence or not. I, I, I don't think that it is, but I'm going to add this to the to the article on my website and to the show notes uh, for this podcast episode, if you care to look into this further. So again, I'd I'd love to hear some further voices on this. Um, I, I mean, to me, it seems pretty clear. Um, my, my summary is this, is that, you know, and this is what everybody says, is that red wine in moderation combined with the overall Mediterranean lifestyle, it adds further protective effects against aging and, um, you know, um, early death and, and, and degenerative diseases. So I, I would say, you know, it's hard to find any credible evidence to the contrary. Um, and when you do find it, it's either, um, you know, these there's some sort of conspiracy theorist out there who want to just have a contrary opinion or, you know, the evidence is just, it just isn't there and it's, um, you know, easily refuted by these other studies. So again, I mean, we all have to make our own choices, but this is, this is how it appears to me. And I'd love to hear more from others who, who feel the, it's the same or differently on this topic. Thanks again for joining and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Well, that's it for today's episode. 
Come back next time for another generous helping of straight talk about the benefits of a Mediterranean diet. And find us on our website at eatlikeanitalian.com. Ciao. Thank you.